Hello and welcome back to another episode of That's Debatable, a show where we break down a complex issue and debate it. I'm Miles. And I'm Creed. And so today we're going to be debating the pros and cons of nuclear power. I just want to remind you that during these shows, we're just trying to bring you both sides of uh, opinions and information, and that the things that we say aren't necessarily our beliefs or the beliefs of KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. We're just trying to show you both sides of each story and let you decide on what you believe is correct. Uh, all right, Miles, do you want to get us started off with the first talking point? Yeah, so one of the pros of nuclear power is that it produces fewer carbon emissions than most other energy sources, so it's very good for the environment in that way. It only produces 4 to 5% as much as gas-powered plants, and it's lower than solar as well. Yeah. One issue that many people see with this is, you know, that it, it is proven that nuclear power does create less um, environmental problems, but the mining that's needed to create the, or at least access the resources to create these nuclear powers does create a lot of uh, bad carbon emissions and other problems. Uh, mining is a big problem because um, it does tend to deteriorate the ground or the earth in certain areas. Uh, to extreme amounts, and so that's one concern that people have with the environmental aspect. I'm pretty sure that four to five percent does include like all the things leading up to the nuclear reaction itself, because like the process of making nuclear power doesn't use any carbon emissions. So yeah, that's the, all the reaction it. itself. Yeah, it's just the things leading up to it. Yeah. So if there was a safer way to lead up to it, then it would be a complete positive in that sense. But because there's so much mining and other issues um, created with trying to get the uranium and other things like that, um, it does create a lot of problems. And another problem that's a big one, I mean, everyone's heard of Chernobyl and the Fukushima disasters, uh, is that they the nuclear power plants can be very, very hard to contain and can cause massive amounts of problems if something goes wrong. Um, there's been estimated that up up to about 4,000 people will uh, be you know, be killed because of what's happened in Chernobyl. Um, and some sources are saying, yeah, 4,000 to around 16,000, depending on your source. Uh, and that was just one disaster that happened. And there's been two so far that are at level 7 on the nuclear disaster, which is the highest level. Uh, but there could be more if we don't find safer ways to manage these nuclear power plants. Yeah, there's been three major ones so far. There has been the Fukushima one in Japan, where there was an earthquake and tsunami, which led to like a nuclear. Yeah, that one was kind of unavoidable. Yeah, well, in all. Okay, so there were two others. There was Chernobyl, which obviously people did things wrong in that. And then there was one in the 1970s in, in America, actually, somewhere called Three Mile Island. And But the thing in all three of these cases was that they were all preventable. Like in every case, the crew or the government did something wrong that allowed this to take place when it shouldn't have. In Three Mile Island, there were automatic safety procedures that were built into the reactor that were actually manually shut off. So that's a case where it was just incompetence by the staff and not necessarily incompetence inherent in the system of like the nuclear reactor. Yeah, and that was a little bit of what happened in the Chernobyl disaster, too. Uh, what they did was uh, they had to drop something in the uh, reactor, 
So they were planning, yeah, they were planning to decrease the reactor power, um, but the power unexpectedly dropped to a near zero number, and operators weren't able to fully restore the power, and which was a massive problem because there were some issues with the reactors, which they didn't know about, um, and they didn't know exactly the risks of what they were doing because it wasn't listed in the operation manual. And so when they tried to bring it back up to uh, the normal number of what they were doing, a uh, large amount of energy was released, and then there were a couple explosions causing the uh, disaster. And then I think there were about 10 kilometers uh, evacuated after that. It was about 36 hours, and they were able to evacuate around 10 kilometers, um, and after that they evacuated around 30 kilometers of area. There's still many effects to this day. Uh, I think it's been about 35 years since then, and there's still many effects because of the nuclear radiation. So while this is a problem, like, yeah, nuclear energy does come with a lot of risk, but so do all of the other ways of generating energy. So, for example, the Paul Scherer Institute and the European Union found nuclear power to actually be the least deadly source of energy, least deadly major source of energy. A lot of that comes from air pollution from the other sources of energy, because air pollution accounts for one in eight deaths, or it accounts for one in eight deaths around the world each year, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. It's seven million deaths annually that air pollution plays a part in. And something interesting was that when Germany switched away from nuclear power in 2011 because of a lot of the bad press and ba bad, like, no. The public concern for that sort of thing. Yeah. After switching away from nuclear power, it's expected that 1,100 people a year died from that decision to phase out nuclear power. And how, how would that have played into their deaths? Um, just from air pollution itself? Uh, yeah, because they had to compensate with things like coal or natural gas instead yeah and then those can cause problems related to asthma or other things um, yeah causing deaths yeah cancers and things like that yeah and i mean cancer is another big issue with the nuclear reactors and other power sources like that um another another problem with nuclear energy is storage uh or the radioactive waste um that comes afterwards there's currently in the usa not a official uh permanent uh, storage place for the radioactive waste. So I think in I think there's 34 states that have a nuclear uh, power plant or nuclear uh, energy sources, and so there those states are having to hold on to those themselves in those plants because um, there's not currently a, a permanent solution for where they can put this waste. Yeah, I think that's something that could definitely be expanded on if we put more attention into it. Because America only gets 20% of its energy from nuclear power, and places like France, they get 70% of their electricity from nuclear power. So that's a lot more. And so, and they've even found a way to deal with the storage of it. And one of those ways is by reusing some of the energy that comes in the waste. Like, I'm pretty sure that 90% of it can, can be reused in future reactions. So what do they do for the other 10%? Do you know, like, where does that go to? Uh, do they have some sort of storage facility for that waste? So to clarify, it's actually 96% of nuclear waste that can be re reused. So that's just less that has to be accounted for. And uh, what France is doing currently is they're 
finding ways to put the nuclear waste underground and so that hopefully it doesn't cause problems in the future. And another thing that lessens that concern is that according to Harvard, radioactive waste goes down to 0.1% of its initial value after 40 to 50 years. So after enough time has passed, a majority of the radioactivity dissipates. Okay, so it's just kind of underground then for about 40 to 50 years before it you know, kind of stops having any effect. Yeah, but it, it still stays there. That's like it's and permanent. How, how deep place. do they usually put it down in or, or like you know they usually put it down pretty deep, I'm assuming, yeah. in order to stop um I mean that was what they were planning to do with the Yukon Mountains or the Yucca Mountain uh radioactive waste facilities. I think that's what they were trying to do. Um but you know, the further down they put it, the safer it should be, right? Yeah, that's the idea. One of the other issues that many people have with nuclear power plants is that they are insanely expensive to build. Uh, many of them cost up to $9 billion, and often they go over about a billion dollars, so they usually end up costing about $10 billion. So that's a huge amount of money going into it that the government ha usually has to provide for. Um, and that's one of the main concerns with nuclear power plants, um, is how they're going to keep providing uh, the resources and money to, to keep those power plants going. Uh, what are some solutions that people have come up for with this or you know how, how does this compare to other types of energy a lot of people think it's significantly more expensive than the other sources of fuel and from what i can tell this seems to be true but i would say that there is a big need for it and that's what warrants the large cost and another positive thing about nuclear energy is it's what we call a baseload energy source it generates power 336 days of the year compared to 92 from solar, 127 from wind, and 138 from hydroelectric power. So and the I'm, basic I'm idea... I'm assuming those are averages too, because... Yeah, those are, yeah, averages. All right. But the cool. basic idea is that, like with solar, the sun obviously isn't always going to be shining, like the wind isn't always going to be blowing, and like the waves aren't always going to be crashing, but with nuclear, you're not depending on those environmental factors to keep up your supply of energy. Yeah, and I know that's another big concern is being able to consistently provide, and that's something that nuclear power plants can provide, you know, is that consistency. Another interesting thing that many people have noticed is that having nuclear power plants can be a security threat. There is chances of terrorism because there is a lot of effect that they could have if they attack one, um, and because many of these nuclear power plants, they have to be in vicinity of some sort of town or city um, in order to provide uh, a useful amount of energy to them, it would have massive effects on those communities and cities as a whole. So yeah, you're saying basically that if you transport the nuclear fuel, then people would be vulnerable well, to well, it escaping? It's because um, if there was a terrorist who was willing to you know, attack one of these plants, if they attack those plants and it caused a disaster because of how close those nuclear power plants would be to the city it would create a great effect on that city with nuclear radiation and problems like that is there any precedence for this sort of thing happening yeah so one of the only ones that i know of right now is the natanz nuclear facility in iran that was hit by a sabotage but other than that there hasn't been a large-scale attack or sabotage by uh, or related to a nuclear facility but it's just a concern because of how much power 
these nuclear facilities have. It's just a concern that we need to keep them safe and protected as well as we can. Otherwise, something like this could happen because there have been massive uh, terrorist attacks and disasters in the past related to other things. And so it's just keeping awareness and understanding that something like this could happen. Yeah, I'd say that's probably not as likely to happen here as it is in somewhere like Iran. Yeah, overall, it's just a concern. Yeah. Um, You know, stuff does happen. Yeah, and one thing I've heard is that if you're transporting the nuclear waste like on the highway or on a train to a holding facility, like whether it be, be deep underground or otherwise, then that could cause some concerns because you're exposing it in very public ways. Yeah, and then anyone driving by, if if there's some accident that happens, like the truck crashes or whatever, that could expose everyone nearby. Another issue with this is the limited fuel supply. Um, The limited amount of uranium and thorium that's needed to produce this energy, and so it's making sure that we can actually still have access to it, um, you know, in the future so that we don't use it all up now. Um, So what's some ways that people have you know, come up with ideas to keep this going and not exhaust those resources too soon. Yeah, I think we only have a few hundred years actually left of uranium supply at the current rate, which is something to be concerned for in the future. But one thing I've heard is that there's actually uranium in the ocean, and so that can be extracted. But currently that's not economically viable now, but in the future it could be if things like the cost of uranium skyrockets or if our technology improves. Yeah, and that uranium would be underground, underwater? or I think it's just in, in the water. It's just in there. In <laughs> somewhere. there somewhere. <laughs> All right, well, what's some other pros of nuclear power and energy? Well, you know, there's a lot of concerns about radiation, but interestingly enough, nuclear power actually releases less radiation into the environment than any other major energy source. Because things like coal, burning coal actually puts a lot of radiation in the air, but nuclear power, it's all contained, so that doesn't really happen. Yeah, what if there were ways to contain that coal? Like, would that be able to do something similar to what they're doing with nuclear, or is it just a completely different subject? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. that's kinda, that's beyond the scale of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, all right, well, you know, maybe we can figure that out another time. Um, Actually, I just looked this up, but another way that people are saying that we could create more fuel supply is nuclear fusion or breeder reactors, which would basically reuse and be able to create more energy uh, just based off of the stuff that's given already. So that's a little bit of information on the fuel supply. Yeah. Uh, One thing I've also heard is that the worst possible nuclear disaster wouldn't even be as bad as other major industrial accidents. For example, like in hydroelectric, there's a lot of risk because you're working with dams and water and that can easily get out of hand. Like in Heenan Heenan province, there was once a 26,000 people died in a drowning at a hydroelectric dam. In China? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Henan. A little bit of Chinese information. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's uh, American translations are always kind of fun. Anyways, yeah. So it was how many people were affected by that? 26,000. Wow. Which is a lot greater than most of the estimates of the death toll or potential death toll from Chernobyl. Yeah, or Fukushima or anything like that. Yeah. 
A quote I want to read from Harvard is that, with the advent of modern reactors such as the pebble bed reactor and careful selection of plant sites, nuclear accidents like the one in Fukushima are actually not possible. So the basic idea is as we develop our technology and make things safer and put less power in the hands of people running the nuclear plants and more power in the plants themselves, then we'll eventually make them a lot safer than they currently are. And what are some ways that we can create more safety um, in those plants? Well, I know a lot of this stuff is already automated, I think. And so just taking a more hands-off approach for one thing. So less letting, human yeah. uh, you know, problems, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like human error or actually getting yeah. humans out of there so there's not as much of a risk of radiation. Yeah, I mean, you you do have to train people to know what's going on, but you should also train them so that the problems don't escalate. We should put more of an investment in that because the risks are pretty large. So to go back to something I was saying earlier, in 2015, we released 2 billion metric tons of carbon dioxide, and that's just from electricity generation. And 99% of those emissions were caused by fossil fuels. And so that's something we really need to look towards changing. And nuclear energy is one of the best ways to do this because, as I said before, it's a baseload energy source and it doesn't depend on environmental factors to continue operating. Yeah, and that, that is one of the real good reasons that people do push for nuclear energy um, because that there is so much of a climate concern nowadays. And I guess that's one of the reasons many people are willing to put in such a cost on these things is because you know many people are realizing hey we do need to make sure that the environment is staying in a good yeah uh, a good space and we're gonna end our show here for this week uh once again this was our nuclear power conversation and you know just want to reiterate the things that we say on this show aren't necessarily representing our beliefs or the beliefs of kmih 889 the bridge we just want to bring you both sides. Make sure to do some research on your own. Don't let us decide for you. Um, and then come up with your own decision on what you believe is best. Try to have other people learn about it too. We want to spread awareness on all these topics too. Yep, you can catch our show every Thursday at 7 a.m. And as a podcast on Spotify under the name That's Debatable. Yeah, and make sure to tune in to KMIH 88.9 The Bridge next week, 7 a.m. Thursday, to catch us there again. Thanks for listening.